Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's so easily easy to get caught up in looking at everyone else's life, thinking that you don't have something or, you know, you should have more and, you know, you're behind and this and that. But reality is if, if you look around, there, there is a hundred reasons why, you know, you've got everything you need to be happy. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're back with commercial lending specialist Fabian DeMarco. He shares with us his secret to contentment and an insider's view to the very best investors in our industry and why they are successful in property, plus the banks versus private lenders, which one is better for you and there's much, much more. When we last spoke to DeMarco, we heard about his positive attitude to the mistakes of his past. He says he wouldn't change where he's ended up and learnt so much from those experiences. That makes an impact on his day-to-day. Probably about six months ago, I had this moment uh, where Universe sort of tapped me on the shoulder and, and, and sort of said, here you go, here's a little bit of wisdom that you, you were desperate need of. Um, look, uh, up, to, up to about six months ago, I, I was a pretty hard worker. I mean, not saying that I'm not a hard worker now, but I, I would really grind it out. Um, I, I would have early mornings. Uh, you know, I went through, through a period um, about 10 years where I woke up at 3 a.m. every morning. Um, look, th- there were weeks where I'd have periods where maybe I did three days a week or two days a week. Or, but for, for a good 10-year period, I, I would get up uh, at 3 a.m., I'd work, uh, I'd, I'd hustle, I would grind, all of the cliche stuff. And I wasn't seeing the results that I wanted. And, you know, I, I started developing a bit of a chip on my shoulder because of that. I, I sort of, th- I, I felt like the universe owed me something. Like I had... I'd put in the work, I'd done the hours, no one else was getting up at that time. Why, why am I being given the accolades or, or, or the rewards that I deserve? So I started having a bit of a chip on my shoulder. Then uh, I don't know what it was, but something sort of grounded me. Um, one of my mentors uh, is quite humble and, and sort of always drilled into my, my brain, you know, the importance of being humble and, and, and sort of being grateful for what you have. And I started thinking about that. I started looking around. Maybe it was COVID started make, making me reflect a bit on this and, uh, and started thinking maybe spending more time with the kids. And I just started realizing, you know what, I, I'm actually quite lucky. You know, I've, I've, I've got a lot of things uh, around me that uh, make me quite fortunate that a lot of people don't have. And it just started making me think and, and I, I started changing my, my mentality when I woke up in the morning. 
It's truly fascinating the impacts of a changed mindset across both business and life. DeMarco says the moment his headspace changed, he actually started to see results. Instead of waking up with this chip on my shoulder thinking that the world owed me something, I'd wake up and I'd I'd just make a declaration in the morning to the universe. I'd say, I'm going to wake up today. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to put 100% into this day. I'll do the best I can in work. I'll do the best I can as as a husband, as a father. And if you want to give me anything in return, I'll happily accept it, whatever it is, you know, whatever it is, I'll say thank you. If you don't want to give me anything, that's fine. Tomorrow I'll wake up and do the same thing. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if it's just coincidental, but since I took that approach, it's been like night and day the difference. Um, Business has just skyrocketed. Um, I feel a lot more relaxed. I feel a lot more at peace um, and, and things are things are well. And don't get me wrong, it's not like a, a magic thing where nothing's gone wrong ever since I said that. Like there, there are days where the universe will test me and say, okay, let's see if you really stand by this or if it's just something you're saying because things are going well now. But uh, no, I, a couple of times I sort of went through a few uh, a few moments that were, were I would say, classify as uh, high frustration moments uh, in the business and I sort of kept my cool and stuck to, to what I sort of believed in and uh, and things have, have sort of uh, continued on in, in a nice way. So so I think uh, it's, it's something that there's something in that, um, especially in today's day and age with all this social media. I see it with uh, so many young people. Um, it's so easily easy to get caught up in looking at everyone else's life, thinking that you don't have something or, you know, you should have more and, you know, you're behind and this and that. But reality is if, if you look around, there, there is a hundred reasons why, you know, you've got everything you need to be happy. Um, there is nothing wrong with ambition and constantly striving uh, for more. And I think that's fundamental to, to sort of keeping yourself, uh, you know, uh, active. But there has to be a moment where you sort of say, you know, thank you, you know, simple words, just thank you, um, you know, and, uh, and, and, you know, take that on board. So, yeah, that's just a personal experience. Um, that, that was a, a moment that, you know, I, I'd say was life-changing. Uh, it was a big shift in, in my head uh, and I've, I've definitely noticed a, a change. Speed is a crucial element in the world of football. But DeMarco says in the world of property, it can be an investor's worst enemy. One thing I, I did as a young, uh, young man, I'd say, is uh, I moved very quickly on impulses, on, on things that I had an interest in. You know, I, I, I took an interest in my early days in the stock market and I was quick to go and borrow money and invest and, uh, and, and you know, see how high I could, uh, how high I could reach. But, um, you know... Uh, it's like that with everything but uh, as, as I've sort of gotten older I've realized uh, you know it's better to slow down be more strategic um, you know really do your research um, so you know at this stage um, I've, I've got the best uh, best opportunity to learn because um, you know my, my job day in day out entails me looking at property development projects understanding the numbers behind them understanding you know which ones make money which ones lose money why they make money and why they lose money. So um, it's just an on-the-ground, uh, I suppose, training uh, thing at the moment. So I'm really enjoying that. Um, I'm, I'm building up my knowledge 
Um, and, and when the time is right, uh, then that's something I'll definitely venture into. Um, but at the moment, um, yeah, it's, it's something that uh, I'm sort of learning uh, more about every day. Uh, and so it's something that I think, um, you know, a lot of people sometimes don't respect the amount of uh, knowledge that is required in order to do something great. Um, you know, which is why I think a lot of people sometimes try things, they lose money and they never try again. Because I think sometimes in the beginning, we don't give the, the proper amount of respect to the craft. Um, you know, I, a mentor of mine once told me uh, really, really something insightful. He said, you know, making money is not easy. You can have moments where it feels like money has come easy. But reality is making money is not easy. It, you know, people look at these property developers and they think, oh, wow, look how much money they make. You know, they built 10 apartments and made a million dollars. Oh, that's so easy. I'll just buy a site tomorrow and I'll put 10 apartments and I'll make a million dollars. It doesn't work like that. There are about 500 things that could go wrong in that project that at any one time that could turn that million-dollar profit into a zero or a loss. Um, and people don't understand that. So it's it's not about um, uh, just picking something and, and jumping full steam ahead into it. Um, but, you know, you, you have to really understand what it is that you're doing. Um, I heard a great saying once that risk is mitigated by the amount of knowledge you have about the subject that you're entering into. Um, and, and that's why you know, people say the stock market is risky. The stock market is risky for someone like me that doesn't know much about stocks. But for the guy who sits at home nine hours a day researching stocks, reading papers, you know, immersing themselves in the stock market, the stock market is far less risky for that person than it is for me. So it's the same, same market, but one has a totally different level of risk. So that's applicable to any any subject, whether that's property development, property investing. Um, you know, the more you immerse yourself, the more you understand it, the less risky it is. You can never eliminate all risk, but you can certainly reduce it. And and the more you know about something, the less risky it is. Demarco gets a first-hand look at some of the most rewarding property projects in Australia every day. He says the difference between those who make money and those who lose it is almost always painfully obvious. Some of the successful strategies that I've seen from from developers are the ones that sort of they they have a bit of a plan in terms of what they're doing. So when I say they have a plan, they may have a 10 project plan. So meaning that by the 10th project, they want to be at a certain level, whether that's size of project, how much how much uh, income they want to be making, but they work it backwards from there. So they, they deconstruct it and, and say, okay, to get to this level, I need to start from, from this. So, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, I want to start with building a duplex and, and I might do two or three duplexes and really understand how to do a duplex properly. Then I might buy a site and build four units or six units or something like that and slowly progress up to maybe 10 townhouses. And then once they have that experience, they might be up to, say, 30 or 40 units. And, and, and everything sort of is a progression leading you up to that moment. And, and everything that you do up to that point prepares you for those bigger projects. Um, 
those types of developers that have that strategy uh, tend to be very successful. Um, and, and it comes back to, to that little thing I said about respecting your craft. Um, now, that's not to say there aren't exceptions to every rule. Um, you know, that's not to say that if you want to be a property developer, you have to start with a duplex and there's no way you can start with 10 units or 20 units or something. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is long-term, the ones that have a plan uh, are the ones that are successful, that have a strategy, um, whether that's, you know, to, to have a goal that they want to reach and to deconstruct that and work backwards. Um, now, whether their plan, you might have one developer who's 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 very well uh, cashed up and and says, "I want to start with ten units and I want to work my way to to five hundred units." Um, you know, so each person's starting point could be different, but the theory about having a plan and the strategy is is the same, and and that's the the main thing. Um, I suppose the ones who get into a bit of trouble. Uh, and now this is applicable for whether it's property investing or property developing, are the ones that probably don't look at sort of a steady progression. So they may try to go from you know uh, a $2 million project to a $20 million project. So the reason why, it, it's, it's, not the, it's not the process of, of doing a $20 million project versus a $2 million. The steps you have to do, council approvals, building contracts, all of those sort of things, are probably very similar, if not the same, from a $2 million project to a $20 million. What's not different are the potential problems that can arise in the project from a $2 million project to a $20 million project. All of a sudden, you have a whole raft of new problems and issues that could come up that you have to deal with. Now, if you don't have the experience on how to deal with those problems, that's where you can get in a lot of trouble. And the thing about property development is it's a little bit like being at a, a casino at the blackjack table or at a roulette table. And, and this is how it works. You go in with your first bet, duplex. Put my money on the table, great, I double it. Fantastic. Let's find another site. I take my money. Let's go buy another site. It might be another duplex or it could be four, four units. Do the project. Great. Double my money. Fantastic. I'm Superman. Now let's go find another site. And they do this and they roll and they roll. What happens in that? Because they're constantly rolling their profits into the next project, it only takes one project to go bust for them to lose everything. The reality of property investment is that you've got to get it right every time. A little bit of once-in-a-lifetime luck sadly won't cut it. To see safe returns, playing the long game is the best way and DeMarco says it's also a team sport. You're effectively on this process where the more projects you get right, the more invincible you think you are. And sometimes it's nothing to do with the developer. The developer could have done everything right. but exactly what we're seeing right now is a, a, a strong change in the market, rising costs, lower sales. That is a recipe that can be very disastrous for some developers if they haven't anticipated it. So you could have a developer that says, you know what, I did everything right. I did everything that I did on the last project and I didn't cut any corners, but this has just sent me bankrupt because the market's changed underneath. So that's why it can be very risky. 
um, if if you don't have uh, a plan, if you don't have the right people around you. Um, but yeah, it's 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 one of those things where you know you you really have to to sort of know what you're doing uh, and 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 really have a clear strategy about it. The developers I see around me that are the most successful, and not just developers. I, I deal with a lot of corporate um, like property investors uh, or, or, or corporate groups that buy commercial property, um, you know, industrial property, those sort of things. And, and the ones that are the most successful are the ones that prioritize working with trustworthy and reliable people opposed to um, sharp pricing or uh, people that can can sell. If, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, if you... If you don't have reliable people around you, it doesn't matter how good your pricing is, you can get, you can end up getting burnt very, very badly. Um, so the, the guys that build a team around them, um, and that team starts from, you know, from from advisors to to consultants to accountants to lawyers to brokers to just having a, a good team that you trust because uh, property, whether it's development or property investing. You, you need a team around you. You need agents. You need accountants. You need someone to do your legal stuff. You need someone to arrange your finance. Uh, you need someone perhaps maybe to help you, you know, source out properties. So if you have the right team in place, people that are reliable and trustworthy, um, you can, you can, there's no limit to what you can do. Um, but if, if, if someone is not trustworthy or reliable, then they can end up hurting you uh, in the long run. Um, so the, the, the guys that I see doing really well, they have a really close-knit circle. They've got people around them that they can call on, that they trust, that they know. They know how they work uh, and, and, and everyone sort of respects each other uh, and, and it just gels. It works well. Um, that's sort of the, the thing that I've seen that, that is really, really, um, you know, that, that works well. Coming up after the break, DeMarco gives us a crash course on property finance, who does what for who and why. Now, I'll just make it clear uh, to, to listeners, these private lenders only deal with non-coded loans. Now, what that means is commercial borrowers only. So uh, if you're investing in a property or developing a property, uh, your loan would, would have to be a, a commercial purpose. He shares the calming mindset that informs all of his financial decisions. My father gave me some advice once and said, you, you need to start from where you are with what you've got to the best of your ability. And it's such an easy thing to do. Um, you know, from where you are, just where you are today, that's where you begin. How to find funding for your project every time. I don't use 280 lenders, but I like to keep track of everyone that's in the market and, and, and sort of at, at the very least know who's about. Um, but there are so many options out there for someone who who is said who the bank says no to now. And that's next. I'm Tyron Sham, and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey there. Over the years, I've built up a portfolio of properties, and it's been great to see capital growth. But the challenge I face is the passive income has been quite poor, providing a net return of 3 to 4% per annum. 
I'd have to buy at least 10 properties or more to generate $100,000 per year. Now, if I had the cash to buy these outright, which I didn't, then I need the help of banks and as they wouldn't lend me more, I was stuck. This is when I start looking into alternative investments where I could use my equity and cash to generate 25 to 30% per annum returns and fast track my passive income goal. In a short space of two years, I've been able to achieve this goal and have tripled my passive income instead. Now, if you want to learn more on how I did this, SMS me your name and email address on 0488 88 31 32 and I'll send you a free report explaining how I did it. Have you ever wondered what the differences are between the big banks and the hundreds of private lenders? Which is the better option and most importantly, what's best for me? Look no further. I always say, uh, you know, if, if pricing is the only thing you're looking for, then obviously a traditional bank is, is hands down always going to be uh, cheaper in pricing. However, with that pricing uh, comes a lot of hoops that you need to jump through. Now, sometimes a borrower can jump through those hoops and, and that's great. That's, that's when you have a bankable deal. But sometimes those hoops might just be too much to jump through. Um, you might not be able to meet all the criteria. So you're then faced with a, a difficult situation where either you can't go ahead with whatever it is that you're looking at doing or you need to find an alternative uh, funding source. Now, 10, 15 years ago, an alternative funding source was very, very difficult to find and you would pay through the nose if you had to go down that option. Um, now, we're in a market where, you know, last count, I have a spreadsheet of about 280 private lenders uh, and I'm positive I don't have them all in there. Um, now, I can assure you I don't use 280 lenders, but I like to keep track of everyone that's in the market and, and, and sort of at, at the very least know who's about. Um, but there are so many options out there for someone who, who is said who the bank says no to now. Now, I'll just make it clear uh, to, to listeners, these private lenders only deal with non-coded loans. Now, what that means is commercial borrowers only. So uh, if you're investing in a property or developing a property, uh, your loan would, would have to be a, a commercial purpose. So you would either have to have a company entity that's buying the property or a company entity that's borrowing the money and that that reason for borrowing the money has to be to to make a commercial transaction. So if you tick that criteria, you now have a, a myriad of uh, possibilities on, on how to source financing. And supply and demand, because there are so many of them out there, that's pushed pricing, I wouldn't say at bank rates, but it's certainly um, like getting getting to the point where people are sort of saying, I've got developers that say, I know I could probably get bank funding. It would take me a while to get through all the hoops, but I could probably do it. But I don't, I don't want to waste. I don't want to waste nine weeks of my time. I'd rather just get the funding sorted and get building um, because the pricing now is, is, yes, it's more expensive, no doubt, but when they weigh it up and they think I don't have to do pre-sales, which means now I don't have to discount any of my early sales to get them sold, I can just sell them as I'm building or at the end, they think whatever extra I'm going to pay for the interest and fees, I'm going to make it up on my sales anyway. So so it's it's a no-brainer. They just say let's 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 roll. 
Um, so it's 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 one of those things. Um, that being said, I would say watch this space because we're entering into a market where I have a feeling over the next sort of six to 12 months, we may see a lot of these private funds start to sort of disappear um, because as markets change and, and, and investors start to look at other options, at the moment there is just a, an influx of investors looking to invest in, in sort of these private mortgage funds, real estate debt funds, um, but you know that's when term deposits were virtually non-existent. Um, you know, if if term deposits start to become attractive again, and and, and other asset classes start to become more appealing, um, you may see a lot of these investors withdraw their cash from these private uh, funds, and and that may see a lot of them uh, shut up shop. But um, but it's at the moment uh, there's definitely no shortage of them out there. At the end of the day, to invest in property, you've got to have a business mindset. But we're not all born with the vision of Warren Buffett or with the genius of Elon Musk. DeMarco says you don't have to. I've been quite fortunate to, to sort of um, work with uh, some great people. Um, one of my uh, old managers um, many years ago um, has remained a, a close friend of mine and mentor. Uh, his name is Mohammed Hajj. Um, he's he's given me some great advice that sort of uh, stayed with me, um, you know, particularly around sort of um, work ethic um, and attitude. Um, and I know these sound like really cliche things, but um, when you break these things down, um, they really are fundamental to, to being successful. Um, you know, integrity, uh, honesty, um, these sort of qualities, uh, you, you would be surprised how rare uh, they are in, in today's day and age in the business environment. Um, you know, like I could tell you, I deal with so many different funds and uh, sad to say that integrity is not always something that they will will uh, present. Um, and and it, it baffles me to this day because it becomes a very, very short relationship when, when that's not at the forefront of how you do business. Um, so... Um, things like that and, and probably my father gave me some really really good advice once um, when when I was younger and, and you know and I've given I've passed this advice on I used to to run a, a football academy as well um, a, a while back and, and I coached and mentored a lot of young footballers soccer players um, and I passed this uh, advice on to them too because a lot of them would say I want to be a professional but I don't know where to start you know what, what do I have to do um, and, and my father gave me some advice once and said, you, you need to start from where you are with what you've got to the best of your ability. And it's such an easy thing to do. Um, you know, from where you are, just where you are today, that's where you begin. Uh, and with what you've got, just have a look around you. What resources do you have? Don't, don't worry about what you don't have. Just look around. What have you got? What can you do? You know, can I read a book? Can I do some research? Can I make a phone call? Can I get in front of someone? Can I, can I learn from someone? So w from where you are with what you got, and, and the key thing here is to the best of your ability. So what I found is when you start with those three things, magic happens. And, and it just starts to create like a tornado around you and, and it sucks opportunity into you. Um, so that's probably, you know, 
it sort of touches on a little bit of what I said about uh, before about that aha moment uh, where life sort of it sort of ties into that a bit as well that's sort of a, a little bit of how I start my day as well with, with sort of that mentality um, but I hear it so often, um, and I used to hear it a lot from from the young uh, players that I used to coach. But um, it can get very easy to get into this overwhelming feeling sometimes of I don't know where to start, I don't know what to do. So, what's the point? Uh, I just accept defeat and and just be miserable, basically. Um, and 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 people are always sort of looking sometimes for this big grand moment to happen. Once that happens, then I know I'm ready. Like you know that now I can start properly. You know, um, and it's usually Monday. That's sort of that 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 moment you get that feeling. But um, but it's not the case. You know, you just sometimes you just need to stop, start from where you are, have a look around with what you've got, and just do the best you can, and and just focus on that every day, and 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 things start to happen. Um, but uh, yeah. I'd sort of say those those sort of uh, pieces of advice have, have resonated the most with me. Now, equipped with valuable wisdom, compounded through positive and disappointing experiences, DeMarco has a few ideas. Me 10 years ago to now, I would, I would very politely sit him down and tell him to slow down. <laughs> Just slow down. Um, you know... Um, Look, uh, look! I think it's a natural thing for for anyone young and uh, full of excitement and wanting to take on the world. Uh, you know, you want to go 100 miles an hour. Um, you know, it, it's. I mean, look, I didn't have an older brother. Uh, I've got a younger brother, but I never had an older brother that sort of was was sort of able to be, uh, you know, over my shoulder and saying, "Hey, slow down. Listen. Try this. Do that." Uh, so, you know. If, if I could have bumped into myself, I think, um, uh, you know, just having that insight to be able to slow down, you know, measure measure twice and cut once, uh, I would tend to just grab the scissors and just cut and then figure out if it fit after, you know. So, look, uh, obviously now when you get older, you have uh, you have time to reflect and, and look back on things. So uh, you sort of think, okay, if I had to just relax uh, and and I'm learning that even even with uh, in day-to-day operations of a business, you know, sometimes I find, um, you know, you're you're about to send an email. Sometimes let it sit in your drafts overnight. Go back to it in the morning. Fabian, ten years ago, would have said it's it's all down to my skill and and me, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, looking back now, um, look, oh, I've, I've got a bit of a theory that I've been sort of teaching my kids and and. To, to, to be successful at something, you need four things that go into it. Um, three of those things you can control and one you can't. And, and the, the first three that you can control is time, how much time you put into something. Two is the effort, how much effort you put into it. And the third one is skill. How much do you develop your skill? So talent is different from skill, talent you have naturally. But skill can be developed by repetition and the more you practice. So um, those three things. And the fourth one is luck. Now, luck, unfortunately, I don't care what anyone says, is out of your hands. It's nothing to do with this preparation meets opportunity. That's I don't believe in that. I believe luck is just luck. For example, there are some kids that will be born on a dirt floor on the other side of the world with no food, yet I'm born in 
a, a, a wonderful city where, you know, I have all the resources I need to be healthy. That has nothing to do with me being better or more skillful or anything. That's just sheer luck that that happened. So we might not understand it yet. Maybe in our afterlife, we can understand those things. But right now, I, the only thing I can attribute that to is just luck. So luck does play a part in a successful outcome. However, like I said, in my opinion, it's only one quarter of the part. There's three parts that we can definitely influence. Um, and, you know, there's no point putting a lot of time into something if you don't put a lot of effort into it. So hence, the two have to work hand in hand. You can't, there's no point putting a lot of effort into something if you only put a f- fraction of time into it. So you've got to work them together. Um, but yeah, th- those four things I'd sort of say, when you put them all together, they play a real a real part in, in sort of where you get to. So, what does the future hold for DeMarco? I'd probably say, you know, from, from a business perspective, I'm, I'm really excited about the possible evolution of the business. Um, there's a number of different directions uh, it can be taken. Um, I think, look, uh, the most fundamental part of that though is, is establishing a, a good trustworthy brand. Um, and, and that's where all the focus is at the moment. Um, but uh, th- there's, there's a number of exciting possibilities. Uh, I'd say watch this space uh, over the next couple of years. Um, from a personal perspective, uh, look, uh, obviously, you know, every day getting to see your kids grow up uh, is, is uh, a, a privilege. Uh, so I, I really take that on board and uh, I'm excited to sort of see what, what tomorrow brings, let alone the years ahead. Um, you know, every day is... Uh, is an, uh, a new experience. So, so yeah, just uh, really exciting uh, about those things. Thank you to Fabian DeMarco our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you love the show and you're a wholesale investor wanting to learn more about how I got started in alternative investments, where I've been able to use my equity and cash to generate 25 to 30% per annum returns to fast track my passive income goal, then SMS me your name and email address on 04-88-88-3132 to register your interest. Now, in a short space of two years, I've been able to achieve my goal and have tripled my passive income. To find out how, SMS me your name and email address on 04 88 88 31 32.